Chapter Twenty of the Scottish Fairy Book by Elizabeth W. Grierson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Driglin Hogney. There was once a man who had three sons and very little money to provide for them. So, when the eldest had grown into a lad and saw that there was no means of making a livelihood at home, he went to his father and said to him, Father, if thou wilt give me a horse to ride on, a hound to hunt with, and a hawk to fly, I will go out into the wide world and seek my fortune. His father gave him what he asked for, and he set out on his travels. He rode and he rode over mountain and glen, until, just at nightfall, he came to a thick, dark wood. He entered it, thinking that he might find a path that would lead him through it, but no path was visible, and after wandering up and down for some time, he was obliged to acknowledge to himself that he was completely lost. There seemed to be nothing for it but to tie his horse to a tree and make a bed of leaves for himself on the ground, but just as he was about to do so, he saw a light glimmering in the distance and riding on in the direction in which it was he soon came to a clearing in the wood in which stood a magnificent castle the windows were all lit up but the great door was barred and after he had ridden up to it and knocked and received no answer the young man raised his hunting-horn to his lips and blew a loud blast in the hope of letting the inmates know that he was without instantly the door flew open of its own accord and the young man entered, wondering very much what this strange thing would mean. And he wondered still more when he passed from room to room, and found that, although fires were burning brightly everywhere, and there was a plentiful meal laid out on the table in the great hall, there did not seem to be a single person in the whole of the vast building. However, as he was cold and tired and wet, he put his horse in one of the stalls of the enormous stable, and taking his hawk and hound along with him, went into the hall and ate a hearty supper, after which he sat down by the side of the fire and began to dry his clothes. By this time it had grown late, and he was just thinking of retiring to one of the bedrooms which he had seen upstairs and going to bed, when a clock which was hanging on the wall struck twelve. Instantly the door of the huge apartment opened, and a most awful-looking Draglin Hogney entered. His hair was matted, and his beard was long, and his eyes shone like stars of fire from under his bushy eyebrows, and in his hands he carried a queerly shaped club. He did not seem at all astonished to see his unbidden guest, but, coming across the hall, he sat down upon the opposite side of the fireplace, and resting his chin on his hands, gazed fixedly at him. "'Doth thy horse ever kick any?' he said at last, in a harsh, rough voice. "'Aye, doth he,' replied the young man, for the only steed that his father had been able to give him was a wild and unbroken colt. "'I have some skill in taming horses,' went on the Draglin Hogney, "'and I will give thee something to tame thine withal. Throw this over him,' and he pulled one of the long, coarse hairs out of his head and gave it to the young man." and there was something so commanding in the hogney's voice that he did as he was bid, and went out to the stable and threw the hare over the horse. Then he returned to the hall and sat down again by the fire. The moment that he was seated, the Draglin hogney asked another question. "'Doth thy hound ever bite any?' "'Aye, verily,' answered the youth, for his hound was so fierce-tempered 
that no man save his master dare lay a hand on him. "'I can cure the wildest-tempered dog in Christendom,' replied the Draglin Hogney. "'Take that and throw it over him.' And he pulled another hair out of his head and gave it to the young man, who lost no time in flinging it over his hound. There was still a third question to follow. "'Doth ever thy hawk peck any?' The young man laughed. "'I have ever to keep a bandage over her eyes, save when she is ready to fly,' said he. "'Else were nothing safe within her reach.' "'Things will be safe now,' said the Hogney, grimly. "'Throw that over her.' And for the third time he pulled a hair from his head and handed it to his companion. And as the other hairs had been thrown over the horse and the hound, so this one was thrown over the hawk. Then, before the young man could draw breath, the fearsome Draglin Hogney had given him such a clout on the side of his head with his queer-shaped club that he fell down in a heap on the floor. And very soon his hawk and his hound tumbled down still and motionless beside him, and out in the stable his horse became stark and stiff, as if turned to stone for the Draglin's words had meant more than at first appeared when he said that he could make all unruly animals quiet. Some time afterwards the second of the three sons came to his father in the old home with the same request that his brother had made, that he should be provided with a horse and a hawk and a hound, and be allowed to go out to seek his fortune, and his father listened to him and gave him what he asked, as he had given his brother and the young man set out and in due time came to the wood and lost himself in it just as his brother had done then he saw the light and came to the castle and went in and had supper and dried his clothes just as it had all happened before and the draglin hogney came in and asked him the three questions and he gave the same three answers and received three hares one to throw over his horse one to throw over his hound, and one to throw over his hawk. Then the Hogney killed him, just as he had killed his brother. Time passed, and the youngest son, finding that his two elder brothers never returned, asked his father for a horse, a hawk, and a hound, in order that he might go and look for them. And the poor old man, who was feeling very desolate in his old age, gladly gave them to him. So he set out on his quest, and at nightfall he came, as the others had done, to the thick wood and the castle. But, being a wise and cautious youth, he liked not the way in which he found things. He liked not the empty house. He liked not the spread-out feast, and most of all, he liked not the look of the Draglin Hogney when he saw him. And he determined to be very careful what he said or did, as long as he was in his company. So when the Draglin Hogney asked him if his horse kicked, he replied that it did in very few words, and when he got one of the Hogney's hares to throw over him, he went out to the stable and pretended to do so, but he brought it back hidden in his hand, and when his unchancy companion was not looking, he threw it into the fire. It fizzled up like a tongue of flame with a little hissing sound, like that of a serpent. "'What's that fizzling?' asked the giant suspiciously. "'Tis but the sap of the green wood,' replied the young man, carelessly, as he turned to caress his hound. The answer satisfied the Draglin Hogney, and he paid no heed to the sound which the hare that should have been thrown over the hound, 
or the sound which the hare that should have been thrown over the hawk made when the young man threw them into the fire and they fizzled up in the same way that the first had done then thinking that he had the stranger in his power he whisked across the hearthstone to strike him with his club as he had struck his brothers but the young man was on the lookout and when he saw them coming he gave a shrill whistle and his horse which loved him dearly came galloping in from the stable and his hound sprang up from the hearthstone where he had been sleeping and his hawk who was sitting on his shoulder ruffled up her feathers and screamed harshly and they all fell on the draglin hogney at once and he found out only too well how the horse kicked and the hound bit and the hawk pecked for they kicked him and bit him and pecked him till he was as dead as a doornail when the young man saw that he was dead he took his little club from his hand and armed with that he set out to explore the castle as he expected he found that there were dark and dreary dungeons under it and in one of them he found his two brothers lying cold and stiff side by side he touched them with the club and instantly they came to life again and sprang to their feet as well as ever then he went into another dungeon and there were the two horses and the two hawks and the two hounds lying as if dead exactly as their masters had lain he touched them with his magic club and they too came to life again then he called to his two brothers and the three young men searched the other dungeons and they found great stores of gold and silver hidden in them enough to make them rich for life so they buried the draglin hogney and took possession of the castle and two of them went home and brought their old father back with them and they all were as prosperous and happy as they could be and for aught that i know they are living there still end of chapter twenty